Welcome everybody back to A Kiss Like Yours. We have such a treat for you guys today. A treat especial. We have um, uh, something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And, you know, obviously with COVID, it gets a little crazy. Just ruined it like everything else. <laughs> Special guest star today, award-winning stage film actor, writer, poet, and solo performer, Alex Alfaro is here with us. Welcome, Alex, to A Kiss Like Yours. Thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, uh, we like I said, we... We wanted to get you in the in the uh, in the show earlier, and and obviously with scheduling and, and this like that, you're you're busy, and so we thank you for taking the time out to 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 speak with us today. Uh, I want to let folks know about your story because, and man, that shook me shook me to the ground. Don't look at me; I'm already crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I Every got episode, I got started early with the sobbing. Well, the reason why is because you went with me. <laughs> To I go did. see Alex's play. Yes, you got to go twice. And yes. then when you came home uh, from going with your parents, you were like, you have to go. And then the opportunity came for, for us to go with some friends. It was amazing. Yes. Amazing. So I, I, the first the first sort Where did of, you guys catch it? Yeah, so I was going to say the first time we, we caught it was um, the small theater that you were performing at. L.A., um, the theater, the, the name escapes me. Oh, uh, Ensemble Studio Theater. Yes. E-S-T-L-A. E-S-T-L-A. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And I, yeah, my home space. I was at the... Thousand ooh, Oaks. I was, was going to say, it was, Oaks, it was um, a performing center. No, I don't think it was Thousand Oaks. Sherman Oaks? Oh. One of those Oaks. It was a big Was theater. it when I was at, at the Lutheran? Yes. At the where? Yes, that one. The Lutheran one. Yeah, the uh, uh, Southern University, Southern Lutheran University. That's the one. And uh, we went and, and, and saw, I saw it twice because I was floored. But um, yeah. we'll Thank talk. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Wet. Wet is is uh, Alex's play that he wrote and performed at. You know, we have, we, I brought I brought him on the show because, one, to to speak about Wet, but also to, you know, there's, there's other things that are going on right now with Alex that are, I think are interesting too. But... Um, I want to get back to a little bit of the roots, Alex. Like, what when you were young? Like, how old were you when you like kind of realized? You know what? I have this desire for acting, for performing, for writing, for writing. Did did it kind of start off like it was it was the writing first and went into to performing, or was it like, hey, I was just I love to to be out in front of the the in front of people performing, and then it kind of transitioned into writing. Uh, well, I've always been uh, I've always been a performer. I've always been very dramatic. Uh, I remember when I was, uh, I think I was four or five years old, um, I got upset with my parents and I said, you know, I don't want to live here anymore. And I got a little knapsack and I put a couple of toys in there and the change clothes <laughs> and, and, uh, and I ran away. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, we used to live in a small studio apartment and, um, it's a historic Filipino town here in Los Angeles. And my mom used to have to leave the door open when she was cooking so that, you know, the smells, uh, you know, wouldn't get trapped inside or whatnot. And I remember being really upset and, and I got my little backpack and I, and I said my goodbye and, mm -hmm. and, and I, and I hopped over and I realized that my mother didn't bother to check <laughs> up on me or nothing. And what I did was like, I, I, I went and I hid in the roof, oh, you my know, goodness. Uh, and then realized that it was cold. And then I came back down and then I went and I hid in the basement 
And I realized <laughs> that the basement was damp and it smelled funny. So then I'm like, I'm going to teach them a lesson, right? So I like tiptoed back into the apartment. Oh, goodness. And I hid underneath, you know, the bunk beds that we had. We had some bunk beds. I slept on the top bunk. My parents slept on the bottom bunk. And, uh, you know, time passed. And I think I, like, I must have fallen asleep being underneath the bed. <laughs> and, and then, you know, uh, my, my, my mother goes, you know, she gets close to the bed and she goes, she goes, Alex, time for dinner, me hope you come out. <laughs> <laughs> and so she knew the whole time. She knew where you were. That I was there, you know, like, and it just shows the power of, like, how parents are very perceptive and, mm-hmm. and yeah. are very keen to where their kids are. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, I've always been dramatic like that. Uh, and I always knew I wanted to be a performer when I was a kid. Uh, I think I was maybe, again, like four years old. I had all these revelations, right? I, I had a revelation. I had a dream once that I was an adult, that I was a grown-up, and that I had a daughter. So I always knew that I was going to have a daughter. Oh wow. Um, and, and I saw Michael Jackson perform, yeah, when I was four years old, and, uh, and I knew that I wanted to do what he did. Wow. It wasn't necessarily the dancing and the singing and stuff, but I knew intuitively that I wanted to entertain. I wanted to make people happy. I wanted to affect people. And, and I'm a ham, so I love it when people... Yeah. You got the applause, I'm right? not talking about making tortillas. I'm talking <laughs> about clapping for me. Yeah. There we go. And that's for you. Just for you. I love it. The first exactly. solo performance at four years old. I love it. I love it. So when did when did the poetry start exactly. coming out? Uh, the poetry came really early on, too. I've been very blessed. I've, I've known my purpose since I was a child, you know? Um, That's awesome. I've, you know, I've been anointed. Uh, I remember my mother tells the story that when I was maybe like like two or three years old, uh, you know, she got on the bus with me and a priest saw me and a priest blessed me. And a priest, you know, he said, you know, this child, child has light in his eyes and whatever the paraphrasing was and blessed me. And so... You know, I, I, I always feel that my that, that my journey, my destiny, my calling has always been very much in front of me. And in those times in my life where I have faltered and where I have failed and where I have been led astray has been because I have forgotten my purpose and I have forgotten my path. Mm. Um, but I was introduced to poetry when I was nine years old, when I was in the third grade. Um, I was blessed to have a third grade teacher. Uh, who himself was an immigrant. His name was uh, Mr. Armando Casasola. Uh, he was a Filipino-American. Um, and um, he taught us poetry. He taught the entire class poetry. And the way that he did it was that he would assign us a poem on Monday, and we had a whole week to memorize it. So on mm. top of the homework we needed to do, we also needed to work on memorizing the poem because uh, we had to recite our poems um, at the end of the week, and whoever recited the poem would receive uh, extra credit points. And nice. I don't remember what the extra credit was for, but maybe it was like for a star mm-hmm. or for like extra five minutes outside. I don't know, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I think I must have memorized like maybe 22, 24 poems wow. in one whole school year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of where, where the love, the seed for poetry uh, was planted when I was nine years old. And then, and then funny enough, that same year, I was introduced to NWA. Oh. <laughs> and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, right? And yeah. I'm just like, oh, 
yeah, I know this. This is just like poetry with a beat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so both both those worlds were calling at the same time. Nice. And uh, and I I answered the call. I love it. That's awesome. And and you know, when you start to to put the the content to the performer. That's when it it starts to get real spicy. It gets it gets yeah. it starts to turn a uh, turn a turn a leaf and and uh, definitely did that for you. Uh, again, like uh, we were saying earlier, our kind of our first introduction to you and and, and your craft really was was wet, which is uh, a documented journey. Uh, the one man play that you wrote, and I and I and my dad told me about it. Um, and he had read it in the LA Times and it was mm-hmm. getting, you know, really good reviews in the LA Times. And, you know, something about my dad, he's he's a um he he sits on that ambitious boy, man, and it's hard to get him off of it. And so what happens is there has to be something that he connects with that says, you know what, I'm gonna go see this play. And and he's not a play guy. He's not a get out of the he's house. He's not a guy. get out of the house guy. The, the only plays that we really mm-hmm. seen was like Culture Clash back in, you know, back in the late 90s and, and early 2000s. We, we, we would go to see Culture Clash a couple of times, actually. And so when he read this, he's like, oh, I got to see this. And and, you know, him him himself being, uh, you know, coming from an immigrant family, he's born in, in, in Tijuana. And so um, he went to go see it and he showed he, he brought me with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, mm-hmm. we were just I can't, when I say I couldn't speak, like I couldn't speak. And when you talk about how you feel blessed and privileged and, and then you go through um, your story and, and doc and, and what is your story of, of being the only um, non-citizen in your family, which is, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when you, when you say you're privileged yeah. and then I'm watching you and I'm li- and I'm remembering my life as a kid, dude, I couldn't speak. Uh, yeah. We, we, we went to intermission. We walked out of ESTLA. I couldn't literally open my mouth. I was walking down the street. Um, I don't, whatever street that's on. And I couldn't open my mouth because I was going to just break down into tears because I, I I just couldn't believe what you were telling me. Right. When we hear about it on on TV, and we we see it, and you know you hear you see the protests, you see the 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 images of of people coming to this country, but when you have a firsthand account of of the stories of these these people that are trying to just make a better life for themselves, it, it it's unbelievable, and you feel I, I felt stupid. I felt stupid that I'm like I, I complain about little things like that 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 I complain about compared to to what's going on, um, and so in in your in your journey through through what you were depicting through through the play, at what point did did you get that trigger to say you know what I have to tell this story? First off, thank you so much, uh, both of you for you know taking time out of your lives to come and and share a moment. Uh, into mine. Um, those first few performances, because it sounds like you you both caught the first performances, the first version of 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 Wet, and this was before this was before the national tour. This was before um, it, it it really took off 
mm-hmm. um, before I started, you know, going all over the place and and, yeah. and, and getting the reviews and, uh, and, and, and the awards and right. the nominations and all of that stuff. Um, this was a really scary time for me. Uh, this was around the time when, you know, Jeff Sessions had just announced that he was, that he was eliminating the DACA program, you uh-huh. know, and, and, and this was before a time, not to give myself any credit and also to acknowledge that what I did at that time was either, either really foolish or really brave. But I don't know anything about bravery, and and I'm I'm awfully foolish a lot of the time. <laughs> um, I was putting myself out there in the line of fire uh, yes. for the sake of my art. You know, I knew that I was putting a big old target in front of me mm-hmm. um, because I grew up being told uh, never let anyone know what the circumstances of your life are because they will use that against you and they will try to hurt you. Uh, to the point that it had happened already a few times in my life. You know. Um, uh, uh, I have had people email employers, you know, people have found out where I, where I work and they had emailed employers and saying that my paperwork wasn't legitimate and that, you know, I didn't belong here and had, you know, uh, 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 people call immigration on me, things like that. Th- things that you wouldn't imagine. My and goodness. then you totally understand that it's possible because of the kind of society that we live in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that doing this show was putting me in, putting me at huge, at a huge risk. Um, but I did it because I made a promise. That's why I did it. I, I, I didn't do it because I was trying to make a political statement. I'm still not trying to make any kind of political statement. Right. You know, I, you yeah. know, they say, well, you're an activist, Alex. I'm like, no, I'm not an activist, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm an artist. That's yes. what I am. Mm-hmm. I'm an artist. You're a storyteller too. I do. It's my purpose. It's my life's work. I'm a storyteller, exactly. Yes. And so yes. I'm telling a story uh, that I promised myself and I promised my God, first and foremost, that I was going to tell the story because I was stuck, or at least I felt stuck in Guatemala during those three days that I talk about in wet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had never gone to Guatemala. I was terrified to be there. I didn't want to be there. I knew that by leaving the way that I left, uh, that I was taking a huge risk that I might not be able to come back. Um, I literally had five days to take care of the things that I needed to take care of. And if I didn't, if I wasn't allowed back into the country on that fifth day, I'd be banned from coming back home for 10 years. I'd be literally exiled back to a country that, that by default is my home country because I was born there. But I have no understanding of the customs, no understanding of the politics of the day-to-day life. And, you know, my Spanish isn't that great in comparison to the way that they speak it down in Guatemala. So there were a lot of different circumstances. And your daughter, too. Your daughter was here. My family, my youth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she was my biggest, she was my biggest supporter. She was my biggest, you know, uh, uh, advocate at the time and continues to be so. Um, But I wrote it because... I was scared and I was bargaining. You know, I remember being in my mother's old room and crying and going, why did I do this? Why did I do this? I, 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 stuff, I, stuff, I, stuff. right. It's like, I, I, I should have just stayed and I should have just played it out. Like, why, why, why? And I remember just, you know, closing my eyes and just saying, God, please, I'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll do anything you want, right. anything at all. 
Just let me come back home. You know what? I'm going to use the gifts that you gave me and I'm going to use them to tell this story. If you let me come back, I promise, I promise that I will share this story. And, and I promise that, you know, that, that I'll use my gifts to, to advocate for immigrant rights. That's and, wow. and I didn't That's say amazing. it as elaborately, you know, uh-huh. sometimes yeah. when you pray, you're a mess. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And you're of just course. like, oh, God, please help me! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do whatever like, you want. You know what I'm going through. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm going through. I don't need to remind you because you were there. You've seen all of it, please. <laughs> right? And, um, and it's so funny because, you know, before we left Guatemala with my mom, because my mom came with me, right? Mm-hmm. My, mom, my mom brought me to this country illegally. And, and, uh, and, and she also brought me back legally, right? Which is a beautiful coming, you yes. know, coming yes. to the circle moment yes. for her. <clears throat> um, I remember being at LAX with her and, and she goes, you know, Miko, she goes, she goes, you know, I, I have a feeling that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay, Miko, you know, don't worry, don't worry. You know, it's going to be all right. And I said, <laughs> and I said, you know, it's crazy, mom. I said, like, this would make a great play someday. Yeah. And then she turns around and she says, well, knowing you, you'll probably write it. And I was like, yeah, I probably would, wouldn't I? <laughs> and then fast forward 72 hours later and I'm like, God, please, yes, <laughs> let me come back. <clears throat> and so I come back. I was experiencing shock. I was experiencing post-traumatic stress. I remember, you know, being let through and, 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 I couldn't believe that I had made it. And I remember remember driving, you know, being in the car on the 110 freeway headed northbound and you see the LA sky. The skyline. Sky mm-hmm. Buildings. And, and I'm like, and it felt too real. I'm like, oh, I'm home. I'm yeah. home. Like, yes. I made it. Yes. I made it. And then, and then like this panic kicked in. It's like, oh no, I made it because they're going to be waiting for me at the door. Oh. <laughs> And for a whole week, I couldn't go to work because I was afraid that that immigration was going to come kick down the door and take me away. That somehow they would they would have assessed that they made a mistake. Right. That oh, they wow. would have assessed oh. that somehow I didn't belong here. And 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 uh and for that whole week, I couldn't even do anything. And then that Sunday, I needed to perform. Um, I needed to perform another solo show that I had written that was about being a social worker. Uh, because I was a, a social worker uh, at a psychiatric nursing home for many years. Then I transitioned to being a social worker uh, for hospice, so end-of-life care, and mm-hmm. assisting seniors and their families in the transition process. Um, and so I was, you know, I had written a show about that. Um, and I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it because that little voice in my head was like, you made a promise. Yeah. You made a promise, made a promise and you have a platform. So it's not like you can duck it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't dodge the fact that you made a promise. Mm-hmm. You have this platform that you can use on Sunday. You just got to do it once. You just got to do it once. Yeah. yeah. Do it one time. Mm-hmm. And so, and and so the, the 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 reading, right? That's what we call them readings when you when you're developing work and it's just a script. The reading was supposed to happen Sunday at one p.m. Um. I started writing just everything that came to my mind that Friday on the strength of that promise that I had made to myself and to my God, mm-hmm. right? And that was I called God. And, and I just started writing bullet points. And this happened 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 and this happened. And, this happened and, I, 
I have maybe like five sheets of paper just kind of chronicling in, in, in order as I remembered all the different things that had occurred. So then Sunday rolls around and my plan was that I was just going to turn on my sound recorder on my phone and just record myself going off the cuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to the theater, I park down the street and I'm just sitting there in the car with my daughter Aileen in the passenger seat. And I said, you know what, Miha, I can't do this. I'm sorry, I can't. I, it, there's just no way I can't do it. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't. I'm not going to do it. Like, no, I'm just going to call Liz. I'm going to tell her I don't feel good. I'm going to tell her that I don't feel uh, well. And, and, and I apologize for flaking on her, but then I'll make it up for her. Uh, I'll make it up to her. And, and that's it. Let's go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and my daughter rolls down her window. <clears throat> she rolls down her window. And she said, it stinks in here, Dad. Um, it stinks like it stinks of fear. Ooh. Oh my and goodness. Ooh, from the daughter that and, that's got to hurt, man. And you need to do this. Wow. Yeah, she says you need to do this because if you don't do this, then then you're a liar. Because you've taught me my entire life that if I start something, I have to finish it. Ooh. And if you don't do this, breaking a promise and you're also teaching me that it's okay for me to not finish what I start and to not keep my word. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I, I couldn't say anything because right? she was right. <laughs> she and I'm like, was. oh, man, like... if I don't do this, forget that I'm disappointing. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, good on you to, to, to be, Yeah, look you at know, what you did. You raised such an amazing child. Shame on you. You're like, man, I did too good a job raising you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the in the like the Latino no, the mean, Latino you know, culture, you know, it's like no, what mom says goes. goes. I don't care if yeah. it's right or wrong, you know. Yeah. What dad says goes, exactly, you know. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, good on you to to raise a um a, a daughter that's strong enough to stand up to her dad to to have a relationship that says I can talk to my dad respectfully and say, you know what, I disagree, dad. You need to do this. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and it really was, um, it, it really was a very sobering moment for me because I realized that, you know, he's right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. He's right. It, it, it wasn't even about, it wasn't even a situation of like, there was something to take into consideration in terms of that being questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, she was right. And so, you know, I walk in there and, and I did the first, you know, I did the first version of what became my show. I, and I, I had a different, I had a different um, title for it. And the original title was Wet, A Documented Journey, or How I Almost Got Stuck at LAX Because of the Muslim <laughs> Travel Ban. So it was a long title, right? <laughs> Oh, wow. And actually, no, it wasn't even a documented journey. It was just wet or how I almost got stuck at LA. Oh, there you go. The Muslim travel ban. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's a really long title. Yeah. Uh, And then I changed it to documented journey. I will take credit for coining the term documented. Oh, yes. Um, That's a great. uh, Yeah. That's great. It's fantastic. Fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We know where we know where we saw Uh, it first. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> good on yeah. you, to, you know, to be raising um, such a strong, a, a strong uh, daughter, 
and uh, you're the influence. And from what it sounds like, your mom too, you know, has mm-hmm. has poured into you. You know, you're you're telling that story of how she's she knew where you were, but you were pissed off, and she saw you, you know, needed gallivanting all over. Yeah, needed to vent. She gave you the space. You're on the roof. You're in the basement. My mom would have yelled at me. Your mom's like. Mijo, it's time for dinner. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but she understood you. Do you understand that kind of relationship with you, with your family and, and, and your parents? It's 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 amazing. Um, and it takes me back when I hear about your mom. There's I mean, there's a lot of difficult scenes in wet. Um, difficult to watch and and one, you know, being when your mom's bringing you here, one with your with your grandfather, meeting him and 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 really uh, another one that, and, and you're not going to remember because you have so many performances, but at, LA, at, at ESTLA, we were sitting front row and you were, you were doing the scene when you're talking to your dad. And, you know, that scene, you were looking, if, I mean, it's probably, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but it's probably some, you know, a technique that you use in acting when you're, when you're doing that type of scene where you pick a point in the audience and you just stick to that point and you perform. But you were looking right in my face, dude. And you were doing this scene when you're talking to your dad. And I freaking lost it. I lost it because, you know, I can see the relationship that you that you're that you're um, going or the, 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 the trauma that you're going through. And these scenes are just unbelievable to one, your performance with them. But two, um, the context and 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 the. Um, the, per, the the perspective that it gives somebody watching that it's got to be hard to 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 do those scenes on a on a on a uh, weekly on a weekly monthly or daily basis how how much of a toll is that on you to to go back to those points in your life well it, it initially it took a huge toll um because uh it was painful i mean it's still painful yeah saying it's still painful uh, I miss, uh, you know, I miss my dad every day. My dad's been gone since I was 15 years old, and there isn't a day that I don't think about him. There isn't a day that I don't miss him. There isn't a day that I don't wish that uh, I could spend time with him, you know. Um, and and it's also painful because my mother, for as happy as she is for the success that I've received from this show, she can't see the show anymore. Mm. You know, uh, I remember I brought her out to Boston um, uh, when I was on tour and um, she said, you know, Miko, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I could only imagine her as a mother, right? She's walking down the streets of downtown Boston and, and my face is on this giant marquee, you know, <laughs> like a giant digital marquee with my face on it, you know, and, and she says she's walking into like the local Starbucks and she sits down to have coffee and there's these two women that are talking about this incredible show that they're going to go see, you know, about this one man's struggle with his, you know, immigrant life. And she recognizes that they're talking about her son. Wow. You know? Goodness. Um, so in spite of all of those things, um, she doesn't want to have to relive that part of her past. Yes. So painful, you know? Absolutely. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. She shared with me you know, some of it in terms of like having to go, having to sleep on trains and having to be hungry and having to be afraid and being 15 years old and not knowing what 
we were going to survive. You know, that, that's trauma that my mother is just starting to process at 52 years old. That, that's trauma that she's just starting to, to talk to, uh, talk about with a mental health professional, you know. So, um, so I recognize that. I recognize that it's a, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, and, and, and when I first did it, that's why there was an intermission. There was an intermission because I literally needed a break. Oh yeah. my goodness. You know, uh, I couldn't just, you know, and I would go and I'd sit in, you know, in the, in the green room backstage and I just like, I didn't want to do it. Uh-huh. The hardest part of the show was always the first half. That was always the hardest part of the show because that first half of the show is where I'm like basically revealing, right. you know, yes. and at that time, at, at that time I had friends, I had I had business associates. I had all kinds of people. I had an entire community that had no idea that I that, that I was undocumented and that I had lived in this country for thirty plus years without a status. You know. Yeah. And so it, it was it was as much a shock for me to reveal it as it was for them, for them. to receive it. Like mm-hmm. to sit there and go, Yeah. Right. Oh my God! Like I I had no idea. Oh wow. my God! That's why you didn't get that job. Oh my, that's why you didn't go traveling with us. That's why you didn't drive. That's why you didn't this. That's why you didn't have a bank account. That's why you didn't have a debit card. So all these things start connecting for them yeah. in those moments, the moment when, where, where I go, I'm what you would call an undocumented American. And I need to find a way to adjust my status quickly and legally. And then people go, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then they're sitting there going like, no, he, he must be, telling somebody else's story. He's just, he's a really good storyteller and, mm-hmm. and, and he's a good actor, but, and then you realize like, holy smokes, like this dude is really talking about himself. Right. So, um, yeah, it was really difficult. It was really lethargic. And then I ha- I got the opportunity to, to revise it. So okay. I believe, uh, you, you have watched the original version. Of what a documentary journey, but yeah, I think when when we okay, so when we when we last saw it in Sherman Oaks, you had to leave either that night. You had to hop onto you had to hop on a plane, Uh and I think you were going to Texas or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, right after the play, you were like, okay, yeah, so that was right before. Yes, that was yes, yes, yeah, that was right after. Yeah, okay, so there's another version then. A revised version, yes. Oh my goodness! So wow. you all saw the yes, you all saw the first version of uh-huh. it, yeah. So the revised version is basically I'm I'm telling the same story, but I'm telling it from the perspective of all the characters in it. So Ooh. in Wet, the original version of Wet, a documented journey, uh, I'm telling the story very much like I'm sitting here with you all, mm-hmm. and 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 monologuing, right? Yes. And I'm telling the story, and then this happened. And this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And every now and then you get one or two characters that get peppered in. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the little kids. Yes. yes. Right? And, you know, and I'm like these little kids that are telling you, like, oh, he doesn't have papers. Oh, don't touch him. Yes. Don't turn into yeah. Um, you know, they're peppered throughout. Uh, but now I'm telling the story through the perspective of those characters. So I'm literally morphing into 20 plus characters throughout the whole play. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I'm, I'm speaking, I, I become my mother, I become my father, I become my grandfather, I become my cousin, I become my daughter, I become 
you know, a younger version of myself. I become a police officer, an immigration agent. It's just, it, it, I just shift from character to character, uh, which um, I, I, I was blessed to have a wonderful dramaturg and a wonderful uh, director mm. who's a dear friend of mine now. Um, and, and they just really helped me put this piece together in such a way where my acting technique is what allows me to move in and out, weave in and out to the point that I don't need an intermission anymore. I don't need a break because I can take breaks within the play as I'm playing, right? The, using yeah. certain techniques that allow me to literally to characterize and, and take, take a, a step, break. Yeah. You guys don't see it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Because once I become a character, I can become a character and then Alex can take a back seat. Yes. Makes sense. Right, yes. Right. You know? And then I don't have to feel the full impact of, of, of a moment uh, in, in the same way that I would if it's just Alex, Alex, yes. Alex. Yes. I hear you. My next, my next piece is now, now you got me peaked. Uh, now I got to see the new version. Well, how, is it, how are we going to be able to see it? Okay. So I got a special, I got a special treat for you all. Oh, um, June 15th. Okay. 2012 was the day that DACA was announced, right? Yes. And June 15, 2012, I believe it was a Thursday uh, when President Barack Obama announced the third action for childhood arrivals. June 15, 2021 is the ninth year anniversary of when that was announced. Yes. Okay. On June 15th of this year, uh, we will be premiering the touring version of Wet, a documented journey on the Kirk Douglas digital stage, which means that the, that the show will be available for anyone and everyone who has internet access at any part of the world starting June 15th at 7 p.m. Um, and it's, and it's going to be, and it's going to be completely uh, uh, available for an entire month. Oh, wow. my goodness. So, you know, on top of that, it's going to have Spanish subtitles. Because oh, nice. I rewrote the entire play in Spanish. So wow. I'm actually looking for organizations that would be interested in uh, in giving me a residency so that I can develop, rehearse it, and then perform it in Spanish. Wow. 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 Yeah. Oh, my gosh. When, that is, uh, so that is so June amazing. 15th. Wow. When, June 15th. Yes. Uh, a Kiss Like Yours <clears throat> exclusive right there. I know. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. And now I, I love that we get to have a digital version be, uh, because now I'm a terrible movie watcher. Like we went to the movies for the first time since they opened, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And we yeah. wa- we went to go see Nobody, yeah. right? We, we love that actor. So we went to go check it out. And there was a couple of scenes in the movie. I'm like, what did he say? Can we, we can we rewind it? Can you pause? You yeah, because <laughs> we're like, so used to yeah, Netflix. I can't rewind anymore when I miss something. So now I'm at the movie theater and I'm like, ah, I missed what happened. I don't know what's going on. So I, I love that we get this digital version so we can soak it all in. And when we went to go see the original, you close out your piece in Spanish. So I only got little bits and pieces. I'm not fluent. So I'm glad that this time I get to stop and write it all down and then go look it up so that I catch everything that you say at the end. I'm yeah, looking forward to that. That's, right, that, that's right. a powerful, powerful uh, part of the play because you do it all in English, but that last piece, you do it in Spanish and it's with a lot of ganas, right? A lot of like oomph behind it. You know, it's, it's just a well, power. Well, I changed too. So, so just so you know. Okay. 
Well, that's that's it, either it, way. It changed. Okay. It, uh, uh, that's good for me because I don't even know what you said, bro. <laughs> it's in Spanglish now. <laughs> it's in Spanglish. I'll take it. That's how I roll. I'll take it's it. In, it's in Spanglish. I got I it's got in, a little bit. You know, I. You, I, you guys want to? No, I was just gonna say. Uh, do you guys want to hear the Spanglish version? I can yes. hear the Spanglish version. Yeah, yes. let's, let's hear yes. it. Let's hear it. Okay. When I was a boy, my father used to read La Opinión. He was fired for giving una opinión. Llegó a casa derrotado, humillado, because even though he begged the pardon, or went back to think, it only tend to the garden. These forms of discrimination come in ciclos every siglo, but it's our fault, too, for not picking up un pinche libro. So preoccupied with receiving el mínimo que se nos olvida que venimos de lo máximo, pero les conviene porque nos temen. Prefieren que vivamos en el internal inferno de que el gobierno ha creado. The Spaniards, our native tongue, Robaron. The women violaron. The men mataron. The children were indoctrinados, and that's why we have forgotten that we are esclavos. But the clues are written in the pigment of my brown skin. So how do I decipher? Where do I begin? He encontrado el candado, pero si no encuentro the key, de nada ha servido what my ancestors han sacrificado. Yes. Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you for that. I mean, she's... Oh, my goodness. I don't look at me. Nobody look at me. <laughs> she's she's crying. <laughs> um, man, that and and the style that you know you you put it out. You know that's that uh, like that spoken word. You know that that flavor. Um, you feel in your show too. And I know we're we're both big fans of Hamilton and, and things like that. When you start, when you start rhythming and and putting it out in a different way, um, it's it it and adds a, a completely different dimension. And I know you're doing some workshops right now, right? You're doing some some spoken word workshops. I am. I am. I'm, I'm teaching a, a free spoken word workshop on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays with a free open mic Fridays uh, from now until June 25th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, it's drop-in style, which means you don't have to you don't have to come to all of them. You don't have to come to everything. Uh, come as you will. Uh, it's open registration from now until the last session. Um, completely free. It's a, it's a community effort. It's being sponsored by uh, two different organizations. One of them is the Keck School of Medicine at USC. The other one is being sponsored by the Boyle Heights Neighborhood Council. Um, so if there's folks that are interested in learning how to write spoken word poetry, learning how to perform spoken word poetry, just need a safe space to practice to write to develop work um i'm here i uh and i'm and, and i'm gonna do it like i said from now until the end of uh june which is the 25th um and it's something that i usually offer um to the community and it's a really popular uh spoken word performance poetry class that i teach in person uh but the, but the, the good thing is that people don't have to pay for it this time around you know, yeah. Normally they have to pay and, and, and they tend to pay a pretty penny for it. Right. Uh, but they don't have to do that now because it's being sponsored by the community. That's awesome. That's awesome. And where can people find this info? So uh, the quickest way to find it is by going to my Instagram handle, which is at Alfaro, A-L-P-H-A-R-A-O-H, and clicking on my link tree. And the awesome. link tree has, uh, has the registration link for the Monday workshop friday open mic and the tuesday and thursday workshop but everyone's welcome to the open mic so uh yeah i, I encourage folks to come we had a really uh 
really good one and a lot of fun. And also, I've teamed up with a theater called Company of Angels, uh, who is hosting the, the open mic on Fridays. And they have decided, out of their generosity, to give two $25 Grub Hub gift cards, or no, uh, DoorDash gift cards. Uh, and so just by coming to the open mic and signing up to perform a piece, uh, you automatically get raffled in. Uh, and, you know, we're also going to be giving out other gift cards like Starbucks and stuff like that throughout the, throughout the next five weeks. So. Good That's job. Awesome. That's amazing. Awesome. Oh, yes. I mean, so many exciting things coming our way. I can't wait for June 15th. That's going to be such an awesome movie night. Yeah. And, and thank you for, for also giving back, right? I mean, you're, you're performing, you have your own career to, to, to develop and to get, you know, as, as first priority, but you're also giving back. Uh, which I love, which I love. All right, uh, I think that that's gonna do it here. Our time with uh, with Alex, I really appreciate again uh, the time here with you. It was an amazing, amazing time. Uh, we can't wait to see Wet again. Um, so definitely head over to uh, Kurt Douglas Digital. Help me with that, Kurt Douglas Digital uh, Theater. It is centertheatergroup.org. and if you click on digital stage. You should be able to. You should be able to see. I they haven't announced it yet, so you guys are definitely on the insider tip. Right there we now. go. Great. Yeah, we'll be looking for that. We'll be looking for that. Again, I want to thank you, Alex, for being here on a kiss like yours. Uh, good luck to you, hun. Any uh, other words? Thank you so much for having the courage and listening to your daughter and doing it. <laughs> thank Thanks. You. Thank you both for having me. I had a great time. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for making us a part of your day.